0: This Week in Sleaze, with your hosts, the great lord, Joshua Riegel, and Sleazy K.
1: This podcast has been rated Category 3. No one under 18 may be permitted. Let's talk some fucking director who refused to give Category 3 a rest. His name is Cash Chin of The Eternal Evil of Asia and Sex and Chopsticks fame. And uh, he gives us, in the case of this movie, a horny underdog, a horny underdog who battles back with a date-rape drug. <laughs> uh, and that comes in the form of, not the date-rape drug, but the whole, the whole story scenario comes in the form of the movie Naked Poison from 2000. Also in the second half, from Matrix Productions and director Batman Hung... We get a shot on video softcore porn porn rendition of Christopher Nolan's memento and the question right off the bat so she doesn't remember who she has had sex with so she So she has to tattoo or write that down that info on her body. This is going to be good or very bad. And I've seen that movie and I don't remember so I'm like anxious well once we get to it like to find out what was it or is it just like it's not really like memento? A little bit is, but not really. I think it also plays in chronolo- chronological order, so they don't uh, adhere to Memento's uh, gimmick of uh, playing it, uh, uh, playing the events uh, in in uh, backwards, uh, not backwards as in but last scene comes first. And uh, I, I'm not uh, uh, this uh, Church of Nolan devotee necessarily, but I do like the initial films. And Memento, I saw it on DVD. Yes, DVD, uh, like two two or three years ago. Still a neat little film i like it quite a bit but i'm not like raving about it and like over the moon it's just like yeah neat it's pretty neat still anyway my name is Liz Kane. with me is the great lord joshua regal say properly hello to the kids out there the naked, hello the naked poison kids that are the listening. naked
0: poison kids oh of course you know big fans
1: and I think there are actually a fair few fans of at least the first film. It's a kind of a kind of a cult, little cult film from uh, as late as 2000. The, these films, including The Eternal Evil of Asia, their heyday was obviously 1993 through 1995 circa. That's when The Eternal Evil of Asia came came out, But uh, Cash Chin either saw Cash or simply saw uh, a, a creative outlet of sorts still and uh, he went to work. So we're going to talk about that. In a little bit, uh, some quick contact information. This is This Week in Sleece 67. We're closing uh, in on 69. What are we going to do for 69? Well, uh, another <laughs> uh, fuck commentary or something. <laughs> or a commentary on the commentary. Well, here Ken is talking about uh, that, that he doesn't like the sex scenes and its close-ups. He's uh, finding that quite uh, repugnant. So what did you think of uh, when we found the sex scene in the commentary repugnant? Joshua, can you please comment comment on that?
0: Hey, this is all sounding like good ideas to me.
1: <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Let's do it. speaking sleep 69, but mindfuck uh yeah, commentary redux or 3.0 <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Like we'll, uh,
0: we'll watch the um YouTube video and we'll
1: Well that will be good because the we've we, 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 it. we we've censored <laughs> out the repugnant stuff we've watched like half a dozen times by this point. Like uh, I know what it looks like. I don't like it. <laughs> it's enough to turn someone away from sex forever watching Mindfuck like I know that's how how reproduction works but I don't need to watch it anymore or do it anymore can we do it like in Demolition Man or something when we just turn on helmets (laughs) I don't remember in Demolition Man if uh, reproduction rates were forced to like slow down because the future was so rampantly going bad in that regard so they they Arrange for when, do you even remember remember Demolition Man, you know, when when, when Sylvester Sloan wakes up and he has, uh, obviously, his uh, man out of time, and he has a sex scene with uh, Sandra Bullock and they they sit at uh, different sides in the room and they both have, not virtual reality helmets, I think helmets with uh, cords attached to it and that would give pleasure of some sort.
0: We oh, had the shells that it was the shells right they use shells and well, then he doesn't uh, he know how
1: the... to use the shells like Rob Schneider <laughs> giving still shit <laughs> and by the way that is a good movie
0: hell yeah it is
1: and I always love it because uh, Wesley Snipes uh, modeled his haircut after Rutger Hauer circa, circa Blade Runner Remember, he had, <laughs> he, had, he had blonde hair in that one and he, he modeled that after Rutger Hauer in Blade Runner it's like respect what a duo. Uh, but um, anyway, some quick contact information. We It's 67. We're out, coming up on 69. We'll figure out something. And uh, find your back catalog of uh, This Week in Sleaze on podcastonfire.com or wherever you find podcasts. So look up by the Podcast on Fire network uh, feed with all the shows, including Podcast on Fire and so forth, or This Week in that has its own uh, feed. But I think most people are getting there their uh, podcasts uh, through the main feed, and uh, they pick and choose what they want to listen to. If you listen to This Week in Sleaze, thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed. it. And uh, we are going to continue uh, talking these movies for as long as we feel that there is a category-free scene to explore. And believe me, there is. There still, <laughs> still is. We still have some things to unearth. And in this case, it's uh, Cash Chin, Naked Poison. He's still at it. And then Naked Poison to rip riff, riff, riff off... Softcore version of Memento. You obviously have to do it, even if uh, the movies are total garbage. But uh, we have to do it. Hope you enjoy. Continue listening, and uh, we're here to uh, we're here to entertain you and ourselves. But uh, that's the contact information from my side. Uh, we're gonna link to it. But you want to give a mention um, of your. YouTube doc channel because you you you're not a you're not a YouTube documentary that cranks these out like uh, <laughs> uh, every month or something like that because you put more thought into it and time into it plus you're a family man so you can't sit there and edit like uh, ten hours a day but uh, it's still an active channel and what is it called?
0: It's called Weird Cinema and uh, I'm still working away on the uh, Bruce Ploitation episode coming soonish right now I'm kind of like absorbed with this uh, arcade that I'm building but once I'm finished with that then it'll be back to trying to get this uh, this episode finished
1: are there um, notable like um, Bruce Lee games in the main world type of things that I'm not thinking of I mean there there is a Bruce Lee sort of uh, platform but I don't think that had its origins in the arcade yeah, but uh, but there are Jackie Chan like uh, arcade games, uh, like like Fists of Fire or Fight with Fire or something like that, a little bit Mortal Kombat ish. But uh,
0: yeah, and it's like every other character in it is just Jackie in a different uniform from different <laughs> movies. Jackie versus like, Jackie, and a bunch of random people, not like you know Hong Kong other stars or anything like that. No Sammo Hung or anything like that. But uh, that would be great.
1: I mean, uh, there, there are not a whole lot of them out there. There's certainly like Fist of the North Star fighting games, of course. So because mm-hmm. that has a little Bruce Lee connection, obviously. Like, wow! <laughs> I can't think, you know? So uh, there, there's a connection here and there. Anime world, arcade world, Hong Kong cinema world, and uh, all of that. But okay, it's, uh, it's weird cinema. Check it out. Um and check out uh, Josh's uh, uh, docs on IFD, on uh, Hong Kong Stunt Persons and uh, some other uh, docs in between some Japanese uh, documentaries of uh, filthy, filthy films from Japan as well <laughs> that's on Yeah uh, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll link to it, we'll take a music break, uh, listen to some uh, groovy techno music, Zeka 2000 in uh, <laughs> Naked Poison uh, t- uh, we'll be right back to discuss that very film Welcome back and the first uh, movie of this episode is Naked Poison 1. They're, they're unrelated by the way, it's uh, it's just in name only. They share a cast member but not the director. But uh, here's uh, the first one from 2000 and plot from Letterboxd. Nerdy office worker Min, played by Samuel Lung, gets his kicks taking sneaky snaps of his female co-workers uh, and spying on his neighbors having rough sex and coating himself in oil before bashing one out to internet porn. Seca 2000. Things change however when he mixes ingredients from his late grandfather's medicine shop to create the ultimate aphrodisiac slash date rape drug which he uses to satisfy both his own sexual urges and his desire for revenge on office bullies Winnie played by Sophie Nan and Peter played by Wong Chi Wang. So. That's your setup for you. A few notes of interest before we get to the review. We are returning to the filmography of director Cash Chin Mankay, who certainly made a sort of cult name for himself. He's it, not a very a, a public director where you can look up like interviews left or right. It's one of those, uh, uh, he, he we only have his movies, essentially. But uh, he made a cult name for himself directing within the category 3 uh, rated genre of films, uh, but doing so with flair with wit and creativity and you go back to black magic horror stuff in the eternal evil of asia that among other things it's quite a wild film lots of highlights but obviously everyone remembers that elvis choi turns into a big penis head because he's mean to a black magic magician so he turns into a a big big dickhead uh, and he still has his mustache placed well, well, it's his face, and it's surrounded by a big penis head. Not a terrible makeup job, to be honest. It's, it's not no. like, like this wobbly hat or anything. <laughs> uh, they uh, they sort of encased him in a thing, and uh, it looks uh, pretty pretty damn fun. Cash Chin directed the follow-up to Sex and Zen, Sex and Zen Two, with Chi uh, and Loletta Lee, where the former played a demon who gained power by sucking the life out of her victims during sex. So, good times with films. Uh, Cash Chin was also responsible for The Fruit is Swelling, the Category 3 version of the Tom Hanks film Big, that was surprisingly funny, surprisingly sweet, and managed to, if my memory is correct, avoid the awful trappings of having the little girl, now turned adult, engage in sexual situations because she is a child, after all. (laughs) I think one person fondled her under the shirt, and so that's kind of horrible, but she witnesses stuff. Including, I think, or it was just a separate scene with consenting adults, uh, Kingdom Yun and Elvis Choi, uh, doing whipped cream play with each other in a kitchen. So, obviously, that was all uh, good and hysterically funny because uh, at the end of the scene where they're sort of caught or they're trying to uh, uh, clean themselves up, Elvis Choi's face is like flies are drawn to his face because he's been doused in whipped cream for, for a good. 20-30 minutes with his wife. So uh, that's uh, that, that's all good. Cash uh, Chin continued to fly the flag of Category 3 sleeves making wild films between 2008 and 2011 even. You had The Forbidden Legends, Sex and Chopsticks 1 and 2. That's kind of, if you remember, it's been a while since we watched it, but if you remember, I, I always believe that it adhered to the 90s formula of Sort of dopey period erotic, You know, obviously it was comedic, and then it had a good dose dose of cruelty as well, especially in the second part, like exploding, exploding penises, and uh, one, um, one kind of uh, getting it, you know, in a dark, fa- in a dark fashion, you know and uh, his last film to date is the 33d invader from 2011 that also stars uh, samuel lung our lead of naked poison which i called a good-spirited sex sci-fi comedy romp that feels somehow out of place in 2011 meaning that he's 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 making his 1993 uh, film in 2011 but we we had a good time with it it had it had tonal shifts galore obviously dopey comedy and sci-fi elements and kind of raunchy sex, uh, hot sex and then rapey stuff as well and uh, and if I I remember correctly, this was your knowledge not mine. It's a co-starred a famous Japanese male porn star (laughs) Was he known for something with his finger or was it that he he was good at oral pleasure or something like he had a magic something something that was his thing, his trademark.
0: His nickname was gosh, I can't remember, but it, it, it was related to whatever he had that was so good.
1: Kato Taka is his name, at any rate.
0: Oh, famous for his Japanese AV industry for his ability to induce shiofuku, a fem or female ejaculation. Oh, well, there you <laughs> gold go. Gold finger, gold finger. That's what it was. His prowess in this area has earned him the resenting title goldfinger although he claims that this title is made up by others
1: <laughs> but- well, i'm sure he was very happy because uh, that, that got him a trademark in the biz you know <laughs> and it got him into a hong kong film the 33d yeah. invader and it wasn't obviously it wasn't the first time uh m- m- mostly female uh, japanese ap stars made it into hong kong films back in the day and uh, even in the 33d invader obviously uh, they had willing participants professional participants uh, there and if they weren't shooting sing sound anyway then 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 it was all good Robotrix stars for instance a, a Japanese uh, actress whether AV or not but she, she certainly um, she did do nudity
0: I'd like a little update here in May of 2012 Kato Taka's Goldfinger app for iPhone was launched in the app store
1: what's the what does that do?
0: I have no idea Wait, let me see if I can see. Maybe
1: maybe you get helpful pointers, tips. (laughs) For X amount of yen, he reveals his secrets. Oh my gosh.
0: There's an app for that. It's something that most of us have heard. Uh, Wait, if you asked in the past, is there an app to practice my fingering skills against the best? You were disappointed to find out that there's no such app until now. Kato Taka's Finger app is launched in the Japanese
1: App Store. Holy mackerel. Wonder if it's still there. I, I I need to check it for research. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> you might have to use a VPN to get in the Japanese app store.
1: Uh we'll uh, we'll we'll uh we'll check in on that. We'll crack that app store open and, uh, <laughs> find found a ten find a ten-year-old app. Because we need it, damn it. All right. even though Naked Poison 2 isn't a sequel and Cash Chin did not direct it, it's uh connective uh, tissue, uh, the connective tissue between the films here is actress Sophie Nan. Uh, Across a filmography of 52 films, it certainly uh, leans more towards adult roles than most of her films, but uh, she's done some minor appearances in mainstream work, like the hostess melodrama Girls Without Tomorrow from 1992. It's it's not a category-free film, but it's a a hostess melodrama, so some tragic things uh, happen, and uh, that's the kind of trope from the early 90s. Uh, Maggie Cheung appeared in a couple of these, so they were mainstream films. Uh, Sophia appears in the 1994 TV rendition of The Legend of the Condor Heroes as White Camel Mountain Girl, and she's also in Beauty and the Breast from 2002. Yes, that's not a a, a typo in my document. Beauty and the Breast from 2002, alongside Francis Michelle Reyes, and uh, it was written by Wong Jing, so that's entirely plausible that a movie like that exists. (laughs) Therefore... Uh, but judging by titles and production years, she mostly, production years, she mostly kept busy in the struggling Hong Kong cinema of late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, appearing in Naked Poison, the 2002 sequel, that was shot on video. She did further DTV entries, director video and shot-on-video uh, entries like Crime of a Beast 2, Seductive Love, uh, Danny Lee is in that. And also Erotic Agent, The Peeper's Story 1 and 2. And of course, Charlie Cho is in both films. So uh, Of course. And uh, there's a good chance many of these don't exist with English subtitles. A few of them do. Obviously Naked Poison 2 has. Uh, But if uh, the Peeper's story 1 and 2 has uh, such then maybe we'll look that up in the future. And Sophie also uh, appeared in 2003's Quest of the Sex Rumble in the Women's Empire. Great titles, but you know, Hong Kong cinema wasn't at its strongest uh, making category 3 movies at that point, but they sure could crank out a title or two naked poison um co star of the second leading lady is Gwenny Tam, an actress and model who appeared in a handful of Hong Kong films such as yes to you yesterday me yesterday i i am sure we haven't spoken of it, but essentially that is it's a very good movie, but it's uh seen it as a Hong Kong version of the television series the wonder years it's uh, it's that vibe uh, and it's a it's a very sweet movie they made three. But uh, it's a very sweet movie, so she's in that. She's in the uh, the, the modern uh, ghost film, Hello, Who Is It?, starring uh, Lao Ching Wan, and that was back in the 90s. And Gwenny made a total of 10 films, with the last two being uh, coming out in 2001, Shadow Mask and Concrete War, both for producer and director Philip Kofay. And Shadow Mask stars Fan Tzu Wong of Story of Ricky fame as and is apparently also known as Black Mask Free. So who knows, maybe it has some elements of Black Mask-esque type of situations, but uh, I gather you shouldn't expect too much uh, if you do find it. Uh, uh, she has a few Hollywood acting roles at uh, Gwenny Tam uh, outside of her Hong Kong work, including an uncredited appearance in the 2015 Bruce Willis movie Vice. Uh, she's also in a film called miami love affair which was about a reynolds film and a couple of short films including one in post-production at the time of recording co- um it's uh, going to be called cognition so that's coming out but but do follow her facebook page because uh gwenny she looks great still and she posts uh lovely photos of her life and work and um she she, she doesn't post like extensive content but it's not like this boring uh, photo album necessarily either, so uh, it looks like she's enjoying her life and it seems very genuine, so uh, I would recommend a follow of Gwenny Tam's um, Facebook page. And finally, our lead Samuel Lung is a solid actor, having made an impression early on in his career in the acclaimed youth prison drama Lost Boys in Wonderland directed by Samson Chu who made the mentioned Yes to You, Yes to Me, Yesterday that Gwenny Tam appeared in. Uh, Samuel has been I guess a sign, or even gladly went into character roles subsequently, and he's in a ton ton of low-budget films where he's a tried punk, but he can also play a creep with a villainous factor attached to him, and you can see him in movies like Once Upon a Time in Tried Society 1 and 2. He's in the nasty true crime film that we talked about many years ago, Human Porkchop. That was uh, based on the Hello Kitty murder that uh, saw the head of a prostitute stuffed in a Hello Kitty doll. And um, uh, that was what they found. And uh, I believe the gang that held her hostage over a debt of of, uh, merely a few thousand dollars. uh, Otherwise dismembered her and boiled her remains. But uh, what they did find was the head stuffed in a Hello Kitty doll. That was the film that had a parallel production covering the same crime starring Michael Wong. Called There is a Secret in My Soup. And uh, that, that that was decidedly worse. Uh, human pork chop is a nasty piece of work. Good and but a nasty piece of work. Uh, Samuel also appeared in the ca- uh, forecast chin in the Sex and Chopsticks films as well as 33 d Invader, where his character gets transformed. I don't remember for for whatever reason into a mix of man and plant, and his uh, penis was cactus shaped and was turned into a knot at one point or tied into a knot at one point. So yeah, 2011 category three films. <laughs> and Samuel is also a composer having done music for a handful of low budget films such as Sexy and Dangerous 2 Dark War and Crime of a Beast so there are some players with some background and careers uh, making Naked Poison 2 and uh, as for my uh, short opinion here, uh, Cash Chin apparently did not feel like ending his streak of Hong Kong cinema tomfoolery within the category for rating so he sort of gladly makes this and uh, it arrives in the long after the golden era of unashamedly raunchy vicious and rude filmmaking. Uh, It is uh, indeed unashamedly out there, it's cheap filmmaking but it comes with a ton of energy wanting to be there. He clearly wants to make this and we thank him for it because it's a ton of fun. We, We do follow obviously an unsympathetic character doing heinous acts. There are some minor streaks of good in Samuel Lung's uh, character. You know, his uh, relationship with Gwenny Tam represents something healthy. And she's very sweet in the film, but not much of an actress, to be honest. But uh, we're still following a subject, and this isn't a problem. That is consumed by power, and therefore Cash Chin isn't making this uh, a hilarious time, necessarily, because they add not only softcore sex, but uh, the dark aspects of S&M. Lo-fi gore and goo, and uh, that's all good. Some offbeat humor is here, and it kind of looks... uh, It it looks anxious visually, but I think it does look good. Uh, uh, Cash Chin was one of the cinematographers uh, of of the film, and you kind of get jerked around a lot in the film uh, visually, but not many people made a film like this with this rating as well as Cash Chin did, and I I think uh, I really appreciated his uh, choice of still going for it in 2000. like uh, He had the energy. No one else either wanted to, d- to display the energy or couldn't. But uh, he did. And he did it in 2011 as well. So th- there is a case for he knew his stuff. So that that's what I think of his sort of combined uh, work, I suppose. But in the case of Naked Poison 2, uh, you remember a little bit from the other films, uh, the dickhead and the cactus dick and all of that. Oh, so yeah. Naked Poison, uh, where does that, uh, how does that play for you. good or bad fun not fun depressing not depressing <laughs>
0: <laughs> i thoroughly enjoyed the movie i thought it was a really solid thriller you know it's not a fun little watch but uh it's kind of interesting to watch this character go from uh, he's never what i'd call likable but like He's kind of a sad character at the beginning, I think. Largely you know, berated by everyone. Yeah, berated by everybody and, you know, masturbating using poisons and whatnot, you know. And, uh, you know, obviously this is a sick guy. Then when we see the depths of his depravity, it's it's not a sudden change. It's a very subtle change, like, just you know, little bits at a piece, you know, little bits at a time. He just slowly becomes the villain of our story. You know, and I I like that. I like a lot of this. You
1: know, this is a very broad thing, and maybe it's a short answer to a long question. But looking at what you remember from watching Cash Chin's films, like little images that you have from them, and a a general feeling of well, they're all kind of likable. Can can you sense he's a director that um, that believes in that believes in making these films? It's not a, a job necessarily. He kind of wants to put his all all into. Making these crude, and rude, and uh, and uh, even upsetting films like uh, like essentially do are we dealing with a director who likes what he's doing? You think?
0: I, I think so. I think he likes pushing buttons and going in places that other people wouldn't. You know, I, I don't. Th- I'm not gonna say sit here and say he's like some auteur or anything like that. But uh, he definitely knows what he's doing you know as it goes along, and he's i think he's a little gleeful at times. he's like a little boy with uh, some drawing a very you know dark painting
1: yeah it certainly shows up in his cinematography because he's um he's um close and personal with uh, a lot of things uh, here a very experimental uh, visual style not the most refined style but we'll uh, we'll get to that i suppose but but i do enjoy that it uh, looks and feels different of course uh it comes from a period uh, where hong kong cinema got progressively cheaper as the industry industry dropped to its knees due to piracy so no wonder shot on video become became a thing uh although the, this is film though so that that is the difference uh, and it's a one free films cash chin was a cinematographer on here is the co cameraman on on this so he's uh, shooting bums and porn on tiny pc monitors and sweaty boards and showering boards and again signaling he's making what he's making and kind of proud of it as well so but 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 he's not necessarily focusing on the the female boards the sexy female boards he's focusing on his main character who is in samuel lung's character who's in a kind of anthony wong do not give a any fucks mode if, yeah. it's, if it's pornography, I get it. it's pornography. I do, <laughs> because that's money. That that's valid work. So uh, yeah, because he has that look about, about him that that he, he can be tried punk, fine. You know, so it looks a little uh, nerdy for that, but uh, playing the berated underdog is not an ill fit, I would say. Mm-hmm. And considering that he uh, obviously runs around with. Uh, that he's all oiled up and runs around with this huge fake hard on, like uh, <laughs> like a, like amidst his uh, his grandparents in that uh, little herbal shop that they have, you know. Uh, uh, it's, it's, and they, they beat the they beat the like the hard on as well. Like they take that away, and they smack it. <laughs>
0: I did I did wonder why they made it so large. <laughs> you know, it's like like man, uh, this guy's supposed to be a loser. You know, it's like you know did he have to have an 8 inch dong
1: well uh, it reminds me of um, let's draw a like, straight line to David Fincher here I remember mm-hmm. that he told uh, a story on the audio commentary when they when they uh, do the autopsy on the man who uh, uh, the murderer force feeds uh, spaghetti you know the big fat man and they yeah. do an autopsy and they obviously built a fake uh, uh, a fake big fat body and I uh, think said, "Well, it, like, like it, it's they obviously modeled it after the man. So at the very least, after having having gone through that modeling process and ma- making that uh, fake version of him, at least give him a big cock."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I guess so. Like, if and if he's doing this movie, making himself look like such a piece of crap, at least we can do is give him a big wang.
1: But but it's not a movie, right? About uh, it, like a desperate need for us to sympathize with the character. It's that kind of story. Well, uh, let's see how what dark buttons it can push because he he's um, he's not a good man, and he's not subtle about the bad man he is. Considering he has his uh, little uh, little camera with him out and about, uh, taking uh, cheeky snaps of uh, panties and uh, and uh, breasts and uh, and I don't know. I I like Samuel's commitment to this uh, and it's very good like tink, they like click down, click, mm-hmm. down and getting the, getting perfect like in focus shots as well so uh.
0: i know it's it's actually impressive like there's a scene later with uh gwenny where he's taking like there's uh, like a, two milliseconds that he could have got this perfect shot of her panties when she uh you know closes her legs and our boy you know he got it
1: maybe he's the equivalent of you know how how the kids of today they're so fast with their phones like uh, they'll do a snapchat in five seconds and then the phone goes down into the pocket again that's like a 30 minute exercise for me if i even do that right (laughs) so so maybe this is the equivalent like early 2000s like he's the kind of youth that uh, goes about his uh, awful business very quick
0: It was a very popular thing. I remember back in the day, like, you know, you'd hear about these things of like, you know, um, upskirt photographers and stuff, especially like in Asia and Japan and stuff like that. I guess it's probably still a thing. I don't know, but, um, I heard
1: Chin Su Ho, the actor from Mr. Vampire got arrested for doing that very thing. Wow. Yeah. So, so he, uh, but he wasn't fairly canceled because he was not a big actor really ever, but, uh, uh, he obviously got, uh, you know, it, it was a few years before the likes of Rigor Mortis came out. You know, he's he in Rigor Mortis playing himself. Essentially, I, I'm not asking for realism, but but there's a whole lot of doubts here. The, the science of Naked Poison, I, I I'd say is dubious at best. And I never really understood the following. If, if, I don't know if you got this. Was his uh, grandfather like uh, extracting snake serum from the snakes in his shop and? Uh, Uh, um, But regardless, whatever it was, like, I I don't know, but I have a feeling that you can't just drop a few drops of poison and serum and have your arm completely transform into this green, almost mutated like thing in seconds. No, Uh, but that's what kind of happens here. What what he what he has uh, in addition to the uh, to the date rape drug, essentially, or the aphrodisiac. Is this snake serum that will turn your turn your uh, whatever wherever it drops on your body completely green? Immediately, I mean, I'm, I'm not asking for realis- realism. It's fun, but uh, that's uh something you have to that yeah that logic you have to set aside because that's not realistic in in the slightest.
0: There's a whole sequence where you know characters go to the doctor, you know, after the, this, uh and it's probably they're better they don't sit there and try to like explain the logic for a lot of this stuff to you it just kind of like you know it makes sense to us so we'll just go with it and if the audience you know that we'll show them enough crazy shit they won't question it you know but like they go to the doctor
1: and and, and, and by the way these are the characters winnie and peter and Dave by this point have been giving Given enough doses of the uh, of the aphrodisiac slash uh, date rape drug, that they are they they are hooked on it. They are kind of drug addicts uh, by by this point, and they they vary in energy levels, and they they have dark circles around their eyes and things like that. So uh, it's not just the uh, the the effect on the skin that I'm talking about. He has a couple of uh, different ways he uh, uses his. Uh...
0: Well, he has multiple drugs too, you know, and, and you know. The first time he uses it, who, which character does he use it on? The, the date rape drug. It's on it's the like girl. The neighbor, his house, like like, like right? the
1: neighbor, right? They, they own the house, her and her um, uh, crazy boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. Who who smacks the main character's penis. Yeah. Um, she,
0: yes, so she, he had the, yeah, of course. Uh, he, he had snuck it into her little thing. But like, he sleeps with her and then she forgets everything in the morning.
1: She she isn't this uh, messed up druggy or zombie. It's like, uh, hey, hey, what's up? Stupid, move out of the way.
0: Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Like, but later when, oh, the boss, what's his name?
1: Uh, Peter, I believe.
0: Peter, yeah. Someone, you know, Peter gets it, and Peter's what do you call it? Mistress gets it. You know, they both almost immediately after the first dose become. They have black rings around their eyes and they're suffering all kinds of, you know, ill effects. And
1: Winnie is the... Yeah, that's the character Sophie Nan uh, place, yes.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. So Sophie Nan, yeah, because the the main girlfriend, her real name is like Winnie, isn't it?
1: Uh, Gwenny.
0: Gwenny, that's what I I was confused with. Sophie uh, becomes catatonic after getting it Uh, but he did give her like two pills I think right like during that's why. so I was thinking okay the logic is the one girl only got a little bit of juice in her um, soup and that's why she was okay but then then uh, Sophie ends up getting two pills I think and that's why she became a catatonic.
1: And and, and, and I mean, the, the confusion here isn't the negative on the movie, thankfully. I, no, I was no, just no, get no. some Is he making this out of the snake serum? Or where does the snakes fit in? Do they even fit in at all? Or?
0: So it's it's got its own crazy logic. And the whole snake thing is like, I mean, if you really, the science behind it. Okay, so medications and stuff like that can be given, obviously, through the skin. And it's not good to get any kind of like poisonous mixture on your skin, but is it going to become necrotic within seconds and pass in through your bloodstream and kill you? No, no. I mean, we have like, you know, when I give chemo, cause I am chemo certified, I have to put on, you know, two pairs of gloves or, you know, the chemo gloves and whatnot so that I don't get it on my skin. But if I were to get it on my skin, it would probably be an irritant and, you know, I might have, a inflammatory response to it etc etc you know and that's what you're kind of trying to avoid you're not you're not your arms not going to melt off
1: but, but but you gotta play it you, you gotta play it out for movies obviously so it's not a disruptive element uh, because the movie is also on the move uh, so it's not stuck and trying and desperately trying to puff into its excess that's what cash chin actually knows very well And he can tap into that uh, via the performance, via the visual style. I mean, I I had a good time watching Samuel Lung, as heinous as he is. There's a great comedic bit, actually, after his uh, grandpa uh, does uh, pass. He 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 witnesses that. uh, He passes quite quickly as an attack of sorts. And Samuel looks at him, and then after a little while, he goes,
0: Yes! Awesome. I know, right? I did not expect that because I kind of had the feeling like he liked him.
1: But it's more like his ticket into now I can run the show. Yeah. So that that's, I wanted to mention that because that plays into the montage of Samuel Lung. I'm a doctor now, a montage, reading books and experimenting and everything is cramped and closed and handheld and sped up. But the thing is, Hong Kong filmmakers, they... I I think you can count on one hand, back in the day anyway, filmmakers who made actual shot lists. Like little Ridley grams, if you will. Little uh, uh, crude storyboards like uh, Ridley Scott does and even Tony did. But I I think by this point some filmmakers were still keeping it in their head. But there are shots here. There are planned shots here. there There is cinematography here that has a purpose in an overall sense we get that very close and cramped and sweaty and gooey and goopy style thanks to cash chin being in our face and it could have gone uh, also wrong of course but i think and it's not uh an award-winning type of stylistic choice but i do enjoy that uh, he is uh in our faces and shoving the movie in our faces and i i don't think that's a terrible choice for the, the uh, cinematography it I'm not saying it's good just because some category, category three movies, movies are terribly static it's not like finally something happening it's happening <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I do think there is an intent here to uh, make shots in basic environments you know shoot it through shelves uh, shoot it uh, shoot things uh, through uh, you know from from the other side of shelves or whatever so um but I don't know if you caught that at any point, that he's uh, he's trying to make this movie uh, flashy at the same time.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the showdown near the end with uh, uh, the, you know, just typical uh, Category 3 blue bedroom, you know what I'm talking about? Whenever there's, yeah, there's like this whole sequence with our main character having to kind of face the police and whatnot, not trying to spoil anything, but there is a showdown at the end of the movie. And uh, yeah, it's very much typical of the genre, but at the same time, a, a very welcome bit of style and flair.
1: I remember our discussion on Sex and Sand about several... Uh, like well, I was thinking back on the discussion and watching this, and Kash Chin is making a little roller coaster of sorts. So in, in in Sex and he mm-hmm. had a little bit more room to to make uh, extended shots where you know it it is almost like a roller coaster. It goes left and right, and you know being jerked around that way. But but that that's still here, and I think that's compelling and fun when the story turns dark the visual style has a part in that as well because it's uh, surprising at one point what uh, darkness lies under a person's bed. Let's just say that. like I know that's oh, very surprising. Yeah. Uh, that's, very um, yeah. unexpected. But uh, Let's uh, hit some other points. We'll get back to the doctors, believe you. Believe me, we will. The doctors. Yeah. <laughs> um, As I said, uh, Samuel Lung and Gwenny Tam, they have one of the healthier relationships in the film. They seem to have developed an actual friendship and attraction quick. It's not super great for the movie because it's kind of too quick. I do like them together. They both seem a little bit naive and kind of childish Mm -hmm. looking. So they find each other that way. So that tames his hatred for a little bit. But... uh, it's not uh, terribly refined either, but but I do like a, some some emotional beats that they um, they are good together. Uh, they are not destructive for each other, uh, and visually they uh, they do look um, they do look uh, good together. Uh, even though um uh, she's much of an actress, as I said. Further notes here before we get to the doctors. Uh, it's not filled with special effects, but there are some effective touches, like when Sophie Nance. The effects are kicking in after Sophie Nunn has been fed like two pills, as you said. And I like the shot of the thick, gloopy sweat on the side of her face coming down. It's actually very well staged because, yes, it leads to self-pleasure erotica, which we've we've seen that before. But I do like the leading into it, that her body is going from 0% to 1000 Mm-hmm. And it starts with that, you know. Um, the self-pleasure erotica is okay. The Sophie Nan is not a performer who looks like a hostage. So that uh, <laughs> gives this movie a little edge. She's comfortable doing this, you know. Uh, she's done some acting before, as we said. So uh, I, I do re- I, I did read a little about Sophie that she, she was not known for newing, uh, doing nude scenes in every movie per default. In some instances... Either throughout the entire movie or throughout most of the movie until the finale. She liked to tease. She chose that uh, path and maybe that helped to drum up uh, publicity. When it was on the cards that she would, she's gonna, she's gonna, we're gonna see her. But you have to wait until the end or something like that. It doesn't happen here, but uh, I I, I did read that uh, she navigated uh, the... Classic Amy Yipties in her own personal way. She actually posed for, uh, she, she, she worked on TV for a while, Sophie Nunn, and then, then she posed for Penthouse. She got fired from TV and then entered films. And uh, writer John Charles actually has given her decent notes as an actual actress with some chops in these, um, in these movies. And if you watch her, not uh, degradation, but uh, the way she falls apart in the film together with the character of Peter, I do think that signals that we, we got some decent game actors here in a very bizarre scenario uh, kind of giving it they're all to a decent enough level i think acting as complete druggies but it's through snake poison or snakes I, I like, like it's this bizarre leading into extreme effects very quickly that i do like and that spills over the actors as well that they become, they's like give me more, give me more, oh please, uh, oh please, boss, please, boss, you you can have more money. Uh, yes, uh, you know, uh, I I do sense a uh, even that character, the the character of Peter, who looks just like the typical loudmouthed, uh, rapey triad office boss here, gets to fall apart as well. So uh, they get to do stuff for cash Chin, which I do appreciate, even if it's not award worthy or anything. So yeah, uh, are the doctors here any good at their jobs?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they probably, they must work in a field that I'm unaware of, you know,
1: <laughs> usually. Because Peter and Winnie are in a state when they do bring uh, Winnie into the hospital. And uh, these are young doctors. They look very young. They spend about a second to uh, to make up their mind. <laughs>
0: and then
1: they change their mind just because someone else said something else.
0: Her hormones, they're, they're doubling.
1: <laughs> it is a brilliant scene. It's super funny. Uh, maybe Cash Chin is trying to send up uh, stupidity in general. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I think we're supposed to believe this as well.
1: <laughs> the, 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 the brilliant thing is that, uh, I, yeah, I, the only thing I didn't know if it was complete BS, If the, their, their constant say uh, mentions of, where her hormones are splitting up. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but <laughs> yeah. but they, they they I love that they uh, the two young pups. They're like in their twenties, and they're, they're very sweaty because uh, Sophie Nan is uh, you know looks like she wants to self pleasure herself still. You know she's that affected by the medicine, so they're kind of sweaty. Okay, that makes sense. That's kind of fun. And then those two guys turn to a female doctor that's been in the room the entire time. And essentially asks, "What do you think? And what, what do you remember her conclusion as a doctor?"
0: I don't. What was, what <laughs> well, she saying?
1: immediately says to Sophie Nam, "Well, she's just being a flirtatious woman."
0: That's what it was, and there's no cure for flirtation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the best thing is that these young doctors they like say, "Yes, that's it. She's cor- she's correct, one hundred percent correct. That's <laughs>
0: that's what it is." there's no doubt about it and i love that
1: it's almost like i i i wish that this was a well sort of timed comedic uh, interplay <laughs> i'm not sure it is but it works so well like they, they they they've been good little boys uh uh watching the patient and then someone else says uh, well she's just being flirty yeah yeah tote, tote. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> that's it just afraid of working or something. Uh, but, but I, I, I even the even the character Peter like reacts correctly for once in this movie. Like he shouts at them, "You're fucking doctors! What the fuck!" <laughs> uh, but 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 it's great. And then she turns around that female doctor and says, "Like well, she's poison, and we will do tests now." What kind of mind game is that, Joshua? <laughs> do they teach you that at school? <laughs> no. Uh it's all good stuff, yeah. man. And then both the doctors blame Winner and her boss for being drug for being drug addicts. Like, okay, fine, they look they look like a mess, but wow!
0: Somebody comes into wherever in the, the hospital or clinic or whatever, and they're like, "Look, somebody's been feeding us poisons. Here's the poisons. You know, can you look at them?" Should he tells me if I give uh, my girlfriend this poison again
1: yeah yeah he yeah he, he's um uh, she's uh he supposedly has the antidote from samuel lung's character at this point
0: yeah yeah or even he doesn't even promise it's an antidote it's just more of the same stuff like basically their bodies are going in through withdrawals from not having the stuff so you know otherwise she'll die if she doesn't get more of it so nobody's like you know what hold on a second we're gonna take a look at this and put this on the, you know send this to lab and see what see exactly what this is or whatever you know nobody decides that you know it's just
1: let's uh let's just blame you
0: <laughs> it's your fault you got poisoned
1: and i know you're used to hong kong movies being tonal all over the place but this being funny either intentional or unintentional does it ruin the fact that then the movie switches into quite grave darkness genuinely like creepy darkness I think
0: if it was unquestionably like attempting to be funny, I think that it would be a little, you know, discerning. But the fact is like, it's just, it's that same logic that the movie kind of puts out there for you. You don't really know what the rules are. Nobody stops to explains it to you. And if that goes as much for the, you know, actual logistics of how these pills work to how people react to each other, like, you know, obviously, none. you know, someone should be going to the police or something during all of this, especially when um, Peter begins to get blackmailed in order to get more of those pills and whatnot. So, you know, somebody should have went to the police at some point, but we're not going to do that because that just makes too much sense.
1: I, I wanted to single out the moment where I think, again, Sophie and uh, the actor Wong Chi Wang show that they're a game for the highs and lows that their characters go through uh, at one point when she's out of the hospital or maybe it's the day before. Yeah, but regardless, they're completely sapped of energy, but both of them. And then all of a sudden, they sense that, oh, the energy is back. Well, let's have sex! <laughs> <laughs> and, then the, and then the effect start all, starts all over again, so it's this uh, the, these, these highs and lows and it's genuinely great that but at one point they're so out of control thirsty they squeeze sweat out of her like bra or something you know they squeeze (laughs) sweat out of their clothes just to clench their thirst i've never seen that necessarily and i thought that was very funny and they were both uh, into it they seemed like very static roles like she's the uh, she she's the mistress or girlfriend of the office bully, and they're gonna have a couple of sex scenes, and he's gonna be shouty. Maybe he has some tried friends that will beat Samuel Lung up, and uh, and maybe he gets shot, shot at the end. But I didn't expect them to be uh, victims to that degree. So that was kind of cool. Um, Cast chin exercising some uh, horror trickery when it is revealed that Samuel Lung has kept company under the bed. That um, I I could I, I couldn't spot that from from afar. That that was genuinely well timed, uh, and you you're welcome to go into some details if you like, uh, because it, it's not the end of the film. That because uh, yeah, it's a dark scenario, but I didn't expect uh, that he would uh, keep something from us.
0: It's very much a you know this character begins like we said is. You almost you feel bad for him at times, even though obviously he's like a perverted character, but you kind of get the reason why, you know, he's so beaten down by society, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you kind of can, you know, cope with it and kind of like, you know, OK, well, I get it. it. It's It's really sad how he's treated. But, you know, even the smallest hint of power for this character just becomes a drug that sends him over the top and. It's kind of funny, like I actually saw a true crime story that was actually similar to what he does, at least to this one girl. And uh, I don't know if it was the neighbor girl at this point that was under the bed or...
1: I I understood that it was. She's a little bit worse for wear, so... uh, Yeah, it's hard to
0: tell. She's got a lot of dark ring around her eyes and makeup and whatnot. But yeah, essentially, there's a sequence with... Our main character, Samuel Long, with um,
1: he's well, had a little a nice, Gwenny uh, Tam. Yeah, uh, like, they've had a little nice, uh, night, night in, a little nice, uh, healthy date together. Yeah, and he, he's trying his best to you know
0: commemorate the evening with her. <laughs> But uh, she's not interested because she doesn't want to just, you know, have sex in the middle of his living room. She's like, why don't we go to a bedroom? You know, let's find something a little more quiet. You know, your grandmother was just here a few minutes ago. What if she walks in on us? Uh, But he's, you know, obviously hiding something. No, no, no. I have snakes and spiders. Um, spiders in my room you you can't go in there and uh well, what about this room oh no i don't want to go in there and she's like well you know you just go take a cold shower and we'll we'll you know be we'll get together tomorrow uh i think she even promises him to meet at her place or something so you know she leaves and our characters got his eight inch hard on in his pants and he 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 exits the room goes into his bedroom and you think, okay, well, he's probably just gonna like take out some poison and rub it on himself and, you know, have a wank or whatever. But he, he sits on the bed and there's this great shot over the shoulder. He sits on the bed and then he just kind of taps on the side of his bed next to him. And then out from underneath the bed comes this drug-addicted, you know, zombie woman with a chain around her neck tied to the bed. And uh, she's there strictly for him. And uh, there's also you know, the lights kind of flicker and fade on as he essentially rapes this woman. And, you know, we see another dead woman in the corner, which I have no idea which character that was. But
1: uh, And by this point, spiders also swarming uh, uh, swarming that uh, corpse as well. The great thing here is that as in your face as Cash Chin has been... This moment is quiet and surprising and not startling. It doesn't have a, like a boom, or like a jolt or anything, because as you said, it's just that tap, tap. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh no, you kind of go that way, you know.
0: You know, at the beginning, not the very beginning, but near the beginning, when the unk with the grandfather is still alive and the grandmother, there's a sequence where sh- I think the grandmother, or maybe it's the grandfather, pulls out. Oh yeah, it was grandfather. He pulled out the book that had these news articles in it that unfortunately are not translated. But
1: they they seem to suggest that uh, Min has uh, Samuel Lung character has had a history of um, yeah bad behavior.
0: I I believe you know it's like if that were translated and that said that there were murders or something like that, then you know I, I don't think that would help the movie that much. I think it's better not knowing like. I don't know what those say. Uh, in retrospect, I'm assuming it's probably killings or missing people or something like that because much later in the film, and I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it appears that the grandmother has known about his violence. But So I, I don't know what's in that book, but I hope that it's just delinquent crime or something like that because yeah. not knowing that he has this dark of a capacity really it helps later like when during that scene and many others where he gets so you know flagrantly evil you know it, it helps not knowing that that is what's inside of
1: him yeah i i, I gather that uh, he had not gone these places before and uh, all the things in his teenage years were leading up to this rather than being similar uh, crime uh, i won't spoil it either but i do want to say there's some is, there is actually some pretty awful stuff towards the end, and I mean bad. There's some pretty awful staging with Gwenny Town versus the grandma, but she, mm-hmm. you know, she's an older actress, so give her a break. Mm-hmm. But because uh, at one point, like, uh, she throws a spider at the grandma, and she dies of foam at the mouth kind of <laughs> death, you know, like, like uh, Alka Seltzer, your way out of that scene. Like, there's, I'm super dead here. There's a
0: considerable amount of Alka Seltzer in this movie you know there's like at least four characters that foam at the mouth like that maybe she's maybe more
1: but, but uh yeah it's an elder actor so you, you can't obviously do like samo hung style choreography <laughs> yes no. uh, and, and yeah i mean it. it's sh- as fun as the ending is it shows that they weren't able to do stuff so they had to play with lights i suppose and acting and clenching at one point the character drinks uh, a serum versus serum, spider serum, snake serum, so he gets super strong immediately and that is all achieved via play with uh, the lightning scheme and then the actor clenching and being... <laughs> and uh, but we have some nice uh, scripts during the, sh- uh, the showdown with the cops So that's you know they know what they can't afford but they embrace the scenario anyway and then it ends in a delightful fashion a typical horror trope you know when you think it's over the, you know it isn't over and uh, it's so lovely because uh, this doesn't make sense either it's sort of in, in this movie has a theme where well just Sit back and enjoy and buy it because someone's blood runs down into the reservoir and Cass Chin does a shot of Hong Kong afterwards. The entire Hong Kong's gonna get it now (laughs) 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 or something. Watch out for naked poison too. (laughs) 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 And I love that. It's kind of inept, kind of cheap, and very tropey, but but I do like that he went there, to be honest. (laughs) Absolutely. It's very, very weak. Like he, it's so potent what's coming out of that now dead character that as soon as he hits the rest of hong kong is gonna go cray cray in 24 <laughs> hours but uh you, you gotta love it it's been likable up to that point still likable when he ends it in a very tropey fashion so it was still fun and shows yeah. that he has um, you know obviously it's not a fully successful filmography but a damn good one playing with the category three rating uh, we've uh, we haven't covered all his films. Not all are category free, and uh, but uh, the ones we have covered are pretty uh, pretty good. Uh, there is a uh, there, there there is a category free film uh, that uh, no, it wasn't category free actually. Um, but one of his earlier films is uh, 1941 Hong Kong on Fire, which is uh, a war war film. Uh, it's, a, it's set in the forties during war times, but it's also written by Wong Jing, <laughs> so so it's also fun. Japanese occupation and wacky characters within that. <laughs> waka, waka So, uh, but uh, he's combined well with Wong Jing, obviously uh, producing *Sex and Sand* 2 and things like that. So, yeah, it's not a sort of a curse of a movie to have Wong Jing hovering all o- over it. But, uh, but yeah, I had fun um, and uh, was surprised at a couple of things I'd forgotten, including that uh, horror beat that we talked about a few minutes ago. That was genuinely surprising so um good times i liked it so anything else you want to mention no i think um i think
0: we covered it fairly well it, it's it's just it's i don't know i really enjoyed it i thought that uh, from beginning to end it was uh kind of entrenched you in its own little world and uh i couldn't help but have uh, a good time quote unquote you know
1: and you got to watch uh, a fake 8-inch uh, chubby a couple of times. <laughs> yes. It's almost like, like uh, Samuel, what do you think? Uh, which one do you want? That one.
0: That one. Right. there. That yeah, like, the, you're covering
1: perfect. me in goop, and uh, I'm drinking snakes here, <laughs> and what have you. At least I can get a big one, right? Like, fine. I'm your lead. I'm going to give it my all. I'm a good actor. So, I'm not there, but I want that
0: one. <laughs> yeah,
1: Like, it's kind of out of proportion, but, nope, that one. So, smack it all you like, and... You know, i still have a big one. <laughs> no one's going to forget that, the sight of that one.
0: If I got to be a piece of shit, I'm going to, you know, at least try to trick people into thinking I have a big wiener.
1: Uh, okay, okay. As for availability, the universe DVD of Naked Poison is not in print, but second-hand prices on eBay were not terrible. So do keep an eye out on there. One seller even bundled both Naked Poison films for a very good price as well, and they 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 looked legit. So uh, so it's not impossible to uh, get uh, both Naked Poison films. And uh, after a break, you're gonna you're gonna find out if Naked Poison Two again the the category 3 riff ripoff of Christopher Nolan's Memento and in the in a shot on video director video chronological form mm. <laughs> that's going to be our discussion for the second half so um if you want to take a chance on a double uh, on, on a dual pack that's sold on eBay then um i will take a chance now or listen to our discussion uh, after my music break to see if Naked poison 2 is uh, is uh, is recommended or not but uh, we'll be right back to discuss that very film so sit tight <laughs> Welcome back. First, it was Naked Poison One. Now there's Naked Poison Two from 2002. Uh, we set it up as the category three version of Memento. Christopher Nolan's Memento. That's kind of been lost in the shuffle. I think uh, people worship uh, at the ch- in the church of Nolan, and they really seem to attach to the big movies, the big concept movies, not this small concept movie. Um, out of the two or three Nolan films I've seen, I think Memento is. Pretty much my favorite. I liked Insomnia quite a bit, so I'm, um, I've been a fan of that period a lot more. Uh, but I'm sure you you're a little bit more of a devotee. But you maybe you don't go out to the premier IMAX screenings of Nolan's latest, anything like that. Right?
0: No, I, I am a fan, though. It's kind of like a controversial thing. It seems like these days to be a fan of Christopher Nolan. Uh, so many people basically shit on his movies, but uh, be
1: a fan. Who cares?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, I, I like uh, Nolan's films, and you know, it really—it kind of hurts me as a fan to see him topped in such a, you know, dominating fashion as the film we're going to discuss today. By Batman. <laughs> by
1: Batman. <laughs> and we'll get to Batman. We 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 teased it at the top of the show that this movie <laughs> is directed by Batman.
0: <laughs> we're gonna get to Batman.
1: We're okay. Get to Batman. All right. Uh, but the. Uh, <laughs> for- but first plot from the Hong Kong digital review of the film Naked Poison 2 that is unable to retain memories for more than 15 minutes at a time Anne, played by Sophie Nan, who actually had a supporting role in Naked Poison 1 she and her sort of slimy boyfriend they got hooked on a juice that uh, the guy in Naked Poison 1 uh, supplied to them, but uh, she she wasn't the lead actress, but uh, she was in it. Uh, But uh, she can only retain uh, her memories for 15 minutes at a time and she resorts to taking polaroids of seemingly insignificant places and writing messages on her body with a magic marker. Sometime earlier, Anne's lover, Kent, played by Matthew M., was carotted before her eyes while a second assailant brained her with a bottle. It was this combination of traumas that put Anne in her present state, leaving homicide cop Nam, played by Mark Cheng of Raped by an Angel fame, without a witness unless he can figure out a way to jar those dormant memories. To that end, he takes Anne on a guided tour of her past, paying a call to the woman's lesbian boss, uh, the character of Cherry Wong who had uh, taken Anne to a tomboy bar and tried to seduce her. Uh, Thanks to this meeting, Anne recalls Kent telling her that he would soon have enough money to finally buy her a free carat diamond ring she longed for. However, he refused to divulge uh, just how he would acquire such a hefty sum. Following another injury-induced blackout, Anne finds herself at the scene of a second homicide and is threatened by a woman with a with a box cutting knife, who claims uh, that she owes her five hundred thousand Hong Kong dollars. With uh, the cop Nam's guidance and learns more and more about her dark past, which included a trip to Cherry's private SM playpen. It's a category free movie. You can do these things. So what to say about a direct to video shot on video softcore rendition of Christopher Nolan's Memento. As you may remember, Nolan's film played out events in reversed order. It wasn't going backwards, but uh, the last, uh, the last scene of the story is what we saw first, and uh, all of that. And there, there is actually a chronological cut on the um, on the DVD release, uh, which I watched. But um, it's fine in its current state. It was a bit of a novelty factor to see it in that order. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, it will. Memento, I was, I will always remember. As the DVD that I hate the most, <laughs> because there's no play scene selection, subtitles, special features. No, it's all hidden in this maze of cryptic words and games where you click. It's like a psychological test of sorts that Nolan thought it was. Uh, I mean, I, I don't dislike Nolan, but I dislike the DVD producers of that uh, and Nolan, I suppose. Where like, give me my film. I want to see the film. I don't need to. Sub- I don't need to like look at a walkthrough on the internet to find out how i played the dvd film
0: at the time it was like you know dvds were like so new and it was like such a it, they were going in different directions and stuff like that so it yeah, uh, was know, the wrong direction <laughs> they, they were going for an artistic direction uh. you know like uh where you know We're going to be as innovative as this film. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that probably uh, Nolan may have been involved with those decisions too.
1: The film isn't cryptic. The DVD is cryptic. You know, the film is like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Cool.
0: But, you know, I remember that film and then Fight Club were like two of the ones that I remember... People just talking about, oh my god, you know, this DVD medium, it's amazing. But but, but
1: Fight Club was still like you knew where you were going. They they labeled the options a little bit quirky, like I am Jack's scene selection, for example. Right. So they didn't they didn't hide it. You you found your stuff on the memento DVD. Who knows what kind of stuff you'll find? Like you're clicking something might happen or not. You did it wrongly, so you're probably booted to the beginning of the thing. Like,
0: no. I definitely had to uh Google and find out like uh where a lot of things were, especially the uh I can't even remember how you get into the reverse order uh thing, but I remember it was I had to look that up right? because
1: I wanted to see it. I had to look it up and it wasn't easy. It wasn't no, easy.
0: It was like hit left off of the thing and then like you hit this series. Oh, you had to basically do the Konami code if if memory <laughs> serves me to get the thing to work. It's like <laughs> up, down, down, left, right. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: But uh, Memento was released in 2000 to acclaim, and uh, rightly so. I think it's a good film still. And uh, producers and the makers are always out there looking to cash in on a hot thing plus plus porn. That's a hot thing. (laughs) So let's merge the two. And that was the production company Matrix Productions' way of uh, proceeding and uh, going into Naked Poison 2. They produced most of their films from the year 2000 and onwards. So that's timely considering the impact of the Matrix films. Uh, But apparently the company had been around since 1991, they produced one film, then they were dormant, and then Neo arrived, and they were off to the races, uh, (laughs) producing low-budget and erotic films, including There is a Secret in My Soup, starring Michael Wong, we've seen that, the Hello Kitty murder, with the head stuffed in the Hello Kitty doll. That was that. Uh, they also produced lower rated fare, meaning not Category free such as The Temptation of Office Ladies, The Legend of a Professional that starred uh, Anthony Wong, that earned about 1300 Hong Kong dollars on release. Big money. Big money, yeah. Uh, further raunchy titles include My Horny Girlfriend, Emmanuel in Hong Kong, Tortured Sex Goddess of Ming Dynasty, and Forbidden Wet Tales. They were made during a period in Hong Kong cinema, early millennium and what have you where it was shot on video and a lot of unknown talent. It it was not mainstream anymore. Joshua, you didn't see Anthony Wong and Simon Yam in these you know, movies uh, to Hong Kong gigolo. You know, they didn't come It was really on the fringe. Now it was sort of a softcore porn industry was truly walking beside the mainstream film industry. Uh, But uh, digital video probably slashed costs quite a bit so that's what they uh, did on these things one of the producer of these films was credited as carrie grant oh yes while one of the writers of these matrix films matrix productions called him or herself herself who am i priceless (laughs) pseudonyms Uh, i've seen emmanuel in hong kong it was directed by dick lao so yeah, uh, not as good as Batman, but uh, the clown nonetheless. It was shot on video, uh, kind of perverse nonsense. Uh, th- th- there's something there psychologically as that movie uh, examines like a married couple, a very cold-hearted married couple. And if, you know, when I wrote the review, it seemed like, but I don't remember too much of its uh, Western counterpart, like this category three equivalent of Eyes Wide Shut. So, you know, a, a little bit on that uh, towards that but it was tedious uh, had some fairly well shot images uh, very fast forward friendly but it does have scenes of uh, squirt orgasms and whipped cream wow so there is that but <laughs> don't mistake this for like uh, uh, this period as having tons of gems akin to the first half of the 90s right it was you know the era of dvd as well so you could put out uh, films uh that way, on the compelling DVD format. Naked Poison 2, as we said, was directed by Batman. Batman Hung. Hung Chung Hap, <laughs> uh, who did three films. Um, if, you, if you believe the internet, maybe this isn't true. Maybe it is Batman. But he did uh, three films. Uh, Naked Poison 2, the Wicked Ghost Free, The Possession, and uh, what looks to be a more gentle drama, gentler drama called News Heart in uh, 2003 that actually had some proper folks in it. Uh, Richard M., Alfred Chung, uh, female actresses uh, Jiggy Lai and Amanda Lee.
0: Christian Bale. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Somewhere in there. Oh, I'm in this movie. <laughs> and that's all Batman wrote. Batman out. <laughs> Maybe we should have had uh, Batman come in here to um, explain himself uh, what he uh, what he did, why he did these uh, uh, movies. So so maybe we should bring in Batman. Like, hey, hey, how's it going? I'm very
0: happy to be here. So why is it called Naked Poison when there's no poison and has nothing to
1: do with the first movie, Batman? Well, after I locked up uh, all the criminals in uh, Arkham, I uh, I needed a side hustle. And I asked uh, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, if I could borrow three thousand bucks for a camera and some lights, and he said no. Ah, oh. he's a cheap uh, bastard. So I flew myself out to Hong Kong, and I made this movie by Batman.
0: He used that thing that uh, he made the trip to Hong Kong and then, uh, and and uh, Dark Knight, the like the I forget what that. were they were the hitching a ride on a plane thing.
1: I, I, I only remember it was set in Hong Kong for for like a minute. Yeah. He, and, and and Edison Chen is there opening the door for Morgan Freeman before he flushed his uh, career down the toilet. So so yeah, uh, priceless pseudonyms like Batman. Would that equal uh, like a priceless gem of a unrelated follow-up? No, this is padded to an endless one hundred minutes. You know, and uh, <laughs> I think Memento is shorter. But regardless. Uh, in this case it's not the like routine sex scenes that take up space and fill out the film but it's the thriller plot about trying to regain her memories the clues all over her body held out by the cop and some uh, the, the lesbian the lesbianism and sm and uh, autoerotic asphyxiation I think at one point and uh, and that should mean when you list that content like yay for us like this is lively isn't it no it isn't uh, it's it certainly has the audience-friendly elements there. There's uh, sex on display, but uh, some awkward acting by our lead, and uh, I mean she does try. But uh, the, the plotting is so thin and unin uninteresting, un- and it doesn't deserve this much uh, digital video space. You know, 100 minutes is way too much for this very tame-looking film. Uh, no tension, no dread, no suspense or anything. It should have been like 75 or 80 minutes. So. Certainly, nothing that Naked Poison One wants to associate itself with, because that was a nice little throwback to uh, some nastiness of the past, but uh, made at uh, then uh, in 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 then present uh, uh, two thousand. So yeah, N- Naked Poison Two, it's fun to do because it's a ripoff of uh, Memento, but that's where the fun sort of ends. So knowing that, because I sold you on this, uh, did that work for you, the rip-off of Memento thing, or what did you think in short?
0: Man, not much works in this movie. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the little I remember from Memento, they, they do tick that off, but they don't constantly refer to it. I might rem mis- Memento. Didn't he both make notes and uh, made permanent Tattoos. Yeah,
0: tattoos. So, like, the movie, like, in a comparison to Memento, it steals a lot. Like, it steals... Okay, in Memento, our main character is, uh, you know, his wife was killed and attacked. And um, I could be wrong. Didn't she have a bag over her head? Strangled, basically, in the bathroom. I think that's what happened. And then he was hit over the head and suffered brain damage his is permanent and he forgets everything in about 15 minutes uh our main protagonist here it's uh at first it seems to be you know permanent but as the film goes along she kind of quickly starts developing her memory back Uh, i say quickly it's about the halfway point in the movie where they kind of just abandon her losing her memory every 15 minutes I'll give them props that they didn't like just forget about it that they actually explained and said that oh you know she's you know having her memory jogged and now she remembers this now she remembers that but that's kind of like what made memento so you know special is the fact that the character forgets their memory they forget you know and that allows you to do the device of telling your story backwards which this film does not do And that's kind of what makes it unique and special. This film is just the plain Jane. Okay, well, they forget their memory all the time. They were attacked. Their uh, spouse was killed in the bathroom. They got hit over the head. Uh, Now she doesn't do tattoos. I don't know how uh, Hong Kong is and how China looks down, looks at uh, tattoos and whatnot. I know in Japan it would be, you know, you're not exactly going to be tattooing yourself all over like... uh, uh, guy Ritchie, that's who, it, not Guy Ritchie, who, who played Memento, the guy. Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce, different guy. But yeah, like Guy Pierce did, you know, doing the tattoos and whatnot. It's a little more socially accepted here. So I don't know if that's the reason the character writes on herself with a marker.
1: The, the 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 funny thing is during the uh, opening credits that's sort of uh, out of focus, uh, not uh, out of the inadequacy, but uh, it's intentional. I, I I almost thought that she was sitting in a tattoo studio, getting mm-hmm. her tattoos done, but uh, as a gratuitous shower scene shows us later, it's all uh, writing, of course. So well, right. a little soap will take care of that.
0: It doesn't really work. Good, I mean. If you sit there and just do marker on your skin, you know, you know that you're going to be taking showers, you know.
1: She doesn't do a whole lot of um, uh, notes on her, though. It looks like her, her body's pretty, pretty sparse in terms of notes.
0: Yeah, no, she has like three. <laughs> 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 She's got one, like, and they're all, she writes them on her arms and stuff like that. And then proceeds to wear, like, the skimpiest outfits that she can. Guy Pierce wore a suit. Throughout Memento, you know his arms were pretty much covered up throughout the majority of the film because he had tattoos all up and down his body that people wouldn't question him about it. And she's over here in this movie sitting there writing with marker on her hand. Uh, Cherry, she's an evil woman.
1: And then Cherry, like later, is like,
0: "What's on your hand? Oh my god, what the fuck? You think I'm an evil? W-?
1: You know." Like the like long sleeve. I need to remember long sleeve. <laughs> oh, let me write that on the other arm. Long sleeves from now on. <laughs> but 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 you're right. They didn't go all the way and told this in uh, reverse uh, order, which I think is fine. You you don't need to go uh, you know 100% memento on us. Uh. If you're gonna steal
0: like to these levels, you might as well though. I think you know, or, or at least do something neat and make your film as original as you you it's like stealing from the super original movie and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, let's steal everything from the super original movie, except all the original stuff. <laughs> let's, let's get the kind of like, you know, thing, you know, basic shit. You know, like, oh, you know, they shot it in a house. Let's do let's do a movie in a house.
1: No. No, not even black like and white little um Yeah. Uh, Mid, uh, you know, scene transition moments like in Memento. There there are key scenes where Guy Pierce is on the phone. Yeah. It's shot in black and white, and uh, we realize what those scenes mean uh, later in the film. But I, I think this movie does focus on applying and achieving a technical quality of sorts, which I think is all they had in them, to be honest, because at points it's not a bad looking film despite being shot on video there yeah. are stylish shots here there are um, an active there is an active camera here even during the fake humping it's not inspired staging in terms of uh, sex scenes they're pretty damn weak but at least there are elements present here. for instance in the sex scenes there are lights and there are candles it's it isn't like vanilla colored walls with nothing on them type of sex scenes like you would have eight years earlier or anything mm-hmm. yeah so at least uh, batman is working with his cinematographer to shoot something artistic i see art in my head <laughs> so he needs to be uh active on on in the visuals uh, and active in the dialogue scenes but as active as the camera is and as somewhat slick the visuals are at points the shot on video look isn't very complimentary and uh, the 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 dialogue scenes and uh, how the plot develops it's very, at best, but there's not a whole lot of best here, you know, basic, and uh, he 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 the, the director of Batman <laughs> is uh, I, I need to say it like that, uh, yeah. he is at least focused on doing the murder mystery. Problem is that he does that for one hundred minutes, as we said, and he's not very skilled at. Uh, crafting that tension crafting that danger or that dread not that i expected to but it really is it's cheap tv level in feel even if the visuals are pretty good at times
0: the cheap digital video look of it doesn't help you know when digital video started to become the norm and like it's kind of like those, what is it? The second and third, uh, Star Wars, uh, prequel or whatever, you know, you, it just has that too real look to it, you know, that, uh, that now people, you know, figured out, oh, you know, let me put this filter on things or whatever to kind of get rid of that sheen. And so this film really struggles with that. So anything, they try to dress it up as much as they can at times with lighting and whatnot, but, uh. It's still just its a struggle the whole way through to like have anything worthwhile to look at, essentially.
1: And it feels also like, a, speaking of visuals, uh, believe it or not, in a category three movie, there are visuals to discuss sometimes. But it really seems like uh, Batman is really <laughs> trigger-happy with video effects and dissolves into flashbacks yeah. and whooshy sounds to spice up the frame. And it really comes off as uh, this school project where they found the effects at the editing bay. You know what I mean? Like, uh, mm-hmm. let's uh, dissolve, dissolve it into, uh, so everyone turns black and then they turn white as we turn, as we come into the flashbacks. It really is like the school level types of visuals, which is a shame because sometimes the frame is kind of nicely lit and composed, uh, but but it's still category free soap opera stuff. It's for adults, yeah, but it's uh, there, there's nothing riveting here to make it edgy. Where this, you know, this uh, sort of a, this leads to murder and the memory loss is there and the memory is coming back in fragments and uh, there's nothing there to really make you sit up. It really, there really isn't more you you sit up more like wh- like uh, where's the remote and are we at 100 yet? No, we're not well let's <laughs> let's let's be devoted and sit here and maybe find some delight in some s- uh, complete copies of scenes from memento and we don't get that because Mark Cheng isn't shady like uh, Joe Pantoliano in memento yeah, but Joe is his own. He's a special performer. He's a terrific actor. But you know sort of when he comes in like, yeah, what's up? Hey, recognize me? Like Mark is, <laughs> you know, Mark is more like um, a part OCD cop, uh, very available cop um, whenever he's needed. So, But but there really isn't anything for him to, to chew on here. And to be honest, Joshua, I, I think you can spot amidst all the actors here. He is the grand veteran. Yeah, do you think he elevates anything he's uh, given here as the as the investigative homicide cop?
0: He's perfectly fine in the role. He, I don't know if he's able to elevate because you'd have to really come out of the murky waters to do that. But I think he he does great. You know, he always does. He's, you know, a great actor.
1: He's been around, obviously. You know, yeah. he, he isn't uh, just in the shady... Um, uh, in the category of Free Shade, if you will. Obviously, he's yeah. uh, work with uh, Chai picking Peking Opera Blues. Uh, around this time, maybe, uh, maybe he had already, but certainly it was close to the making of Election 2, uh, Johnny Toe's movie, where he appears uh, one or two or three, four years down the road. He appears in War. Uh, very unexpected for most of us to see him in uh, Rogue Assassin, aka War, with Statham and Jet Li. So, but I agree, Mark is, Mark is dependable. He's a likable, uh, he's a likable cop. Uh, they don't really um, work wonders out of uh, him and Sophie's interaction, especially the closer they get. There are some cringe moments where she feels comfortable in his presence. So she leans in on him like this puppy dog. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. with you. Please stay. And I thought that was very cringy because for a while their, their interactions were, were okay. But then they have to sort of, you know, Batman is that um, its its uh, he isn't a very uh, veteran filmmaker, obviously. So um, he tries to uh, squeeze some emotions out of this um, dual act, but it's not very vivid. But um, I agree, Mark is uh, is functional, and he's wearing his—you—you—you uh, you, uh, you can see the veteran chops coming through here, even if it is TV acting, really, uh, when all is said and done. Sex-wise, anything memorable?
0: <laughs> well there was a three-way that uh i can't i've never been able to figure out the logic of essentially having two women ride on your um
1: you're okay it's okay to say it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like well i mean what are they one's on the penis but the, what is the other one doing riding along <laughs> in the back in the back seat I know. in the back
0: seat <laughs>
1: she's uh, using his leg to rub on his leg as suppose. Uh, <laughs> but both legs
0: too so there's but, a but, big but gap that's there. when the
1: freeway has achieved some organisation before <laughs> sophie walks in on this freeway in one of the flashbacks and she tries to rub against her but because they're humping and going back and forth she, she's bumped and she's she, she's bumped off if you will like she, she can't get in there because dunk oh, okay so she tries to embrace them and then dunk she's distant she's distanced so which makes for like a true-to-life sort of awkwardness i suppose but the, but, but this is movies you you're supposed to stage erotica yeah so does papan stage any good erotica here
0: no <laughs> i mean it's serviceable i guess you know or whatever but like you know other than that which made me laugh i'm like what the hell are they doing ah uh, it's just a series i mean there's more like lesbian stuff in here than your average stale fake comp and that's what that's what we're here for
1: and a lot of it is set to the same fucking drum and bass techno track <laughs> boom, 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 like the, boom, boom. it's almost <laughs> like a batman has. uh i'm doing bat dance 2002 Prince
0: sucked. <laughs> this is when Bruce went through his like you know his Bru- rage phase. Who's Bruce? <laughs>
1: <laughs> who's Bruce? I don't know any Bruce. <laughs> Bruce is an asshole.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't give me three thousand dollars for a camera.
1: <laughs> but, but I hate the track because it's it's like it's drum and bass to boot, which is fine if it's well produced, but it's like dig 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 and then a vo- and a, a sort of choral voice like ah dig 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 dig. It uh, would have helped if Batman performed that. <laughs> and uh, it's it's said to it's constantly repeated throughout the film. That track is very it's very dated. I don't think it was very good to circa two thousand and two either. And the staging of the sex scenes kind of become we, we, when you can't find anything like sort of steamy and hot about them, you look for flaws and you look for things to laugh at. And I laughed at uh, uh, one thing. In particular. In at least two or three of the sex scenes the, the, the lovers, the entangled lovers, have surrounded themselves in a very small circle of lit candles. And I was looking at that. Not constructive, dangerous, dangerous, like you're making love in a very small circle of candles. When you're into each other and you're making love, you move about the place, you travel the room. You don't constrict yourself to one circle. Batman thought it, but Batman might have thought it looked romantic. But it gets to a point where the murder mystery is so boring and tame and limp and soft that you're sort of like, that looks dangerous. Why are they uh, surrounded by life? Candlelights. And also at one point, uh, what is the, the orb cold where with uh, with a uh, li- uh, light uh, lightning in them when you touch the glass bowl or orb that uh, those colored uh, lights or lightning uh, bolts react to your touch what is that called Tesla something and and they, they make love uh, uh, and she puts her hand on that they touch that to make sure that that reacts to the love making and that also looks pretty damn dumb
0: plasma globe I'm yeah something like there. that
1: so he's trying he's trying but uh, <laughs> there's a technical quality that i would have liked to be translated into good sex scenes but we we don't get that and uh they feel more uh they're, they're not terribly extensive but uh, it really feels uh like uh just bad fake humping and uh Sophie, bless her heart, Uh, she's uh, a very pretty woman. She's Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) well-endowed. Not naturally well-endowed, but still (laughs) well-endowed. And we uh, we at least get that. But um, I I think actor Matthew mm, was pretty satisfied after doing this movie. He gets a lot of sex scenes. That guy, Kent. You know, all the flashbacks, at least five or six of them. I know. And it's like she
0: sleeps with him like I don't even know how many times throughout the course of this movie.
1: Well, they're about to be engaged. <laughs> that was the. Plan. Well,
0: I mean, still, do we have to have to watch The Map Sex <laughs> <laughs> like six times during the course of the film? Not really.
1: So, uh, was there anything that sort of uh, felt... Let me ask you this instead, if you picked up on it. I, I thought, like, if I'm going to give the direction of the storytelling a, a plus of some sort, is that at least Batman <laughs> focused on setting up the murder mystery and then tied it up. Rather than right. it, there was clarity at the very least, even if no Absolutely. excitement and tension, and the finale in a uh, SM, a private SM room with the sex swing and all of that is not particularly like, yeah, now this is edgy because it's set in somewhere adult at, uh, in, a, in an adult location and mm-hmm. they're gonna have it off right here. All the parties involved, and it really uh, does it does become that but uh did you pick up on that at the very least he's trying batman is trying
0: absolutely i mean compared to like a lot of uh a lot of giallos and stuff like that i would say that this is on par if not better than a lot of them in terms of it's the plot making sense you know what i'm saying like you watch a lot of uh, italian giallos and stuff you'll sit there and you know, buh, 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 you go through an hour and a half and at the end of the movie, there's like, oh, here's this person who we talked about for you know two sentences at the beginning of the film who's never actually been seen on screen. They're the killers, you know?
1: And we saw a painting of an animal that no one has heard of because every giallo <laughs> needs to come up with a new animal after Argento has stolen yes. all, the, all the cool animals for his thrillers. <laughs> it's
0: not exactly fair either. It's like, you're not going to guess the killer, really. Unless you just guess in any random person that steps in the scene, but at least they're in the movie.
1: I guessed wrong, which is a plus for the film as well. Like, I bet that person did it because it really seems like the for for a movie that's presumably made very quickly, that seems like the most convenient solution. Boom, that's the person.
0: Nope. I thought they were gonna rip off um, Mento a lot more, and I thought that you know it was gonna be the person who is closest to Sophie. Like you know, so I was like, "That's gonna be Mark Chang." You know what I'm saying? Spoiler alert for Memento and uh, for Naked Poison. Well, 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 don't
1: spoil Memento though for for kind of people. We we can spoil Naked Poison too, but uh,
0: okay, I won't spoil spoil the 22 year old movie or whatever. But
1: the ironic thing is, I when I rewatched Memento three four years ago, literally I had forgotten most of the details. I remember the final twist, what, what sort of, oh, okay, but just a, a fragment of it. Li- literally, like, I didn't remember how we came to that point at the beginning or at the end.
0: I expected Mark Ching. I was like, oh, he's going to be the, you know, he's going to play like he's close to her and then as the film goes on, you know, it'll turn out that he's the felon. but not, not exactly, no. They went in a different route. And you know what, it all, it does make sense. Like everything, there there are some like hiccups, like, and, it, and it's probably the fact that I don't understand the language and there's a lot of stuff throughout the film that is written on pieces of paper, on computers and stuff that's not translated into English. So you, we miss out on a lot of little things there. So, but like the whole thing about the drug cartel or what have you, a lot of that stuff I kind of got lost on. Yeah. But overall... You know, everything makes sense. It's not too out of the blue, the ending, but how invested you are in the movie. You know, it's it's going to be it's one other than the fact that like, hey, this is a soft core movie. That's a complete ripoff of Memento. That alone will probably get some people like if they're listening to this, they might go, well, shit, I want to see that.
1: I mean, in all honesty, it plays to our shared sensibilities. Right. Right? In all seriousness, it's worth going down that path at least once. Not twice, because I think it's going to linger with you that it was a quite a boring film. But um, film industries ripping off uh, other film industries is kind of a good laugh uh, for, for a one-time viewing at the very least. I mean, we, we spoke spoken off air of Bruno Mattei or a.k.a. Vincent Dawn. And if you watch something like uh, Hell of the Living Dead, it's three or four of the iconic zombie cannibal films all rolled into one, but a lot more inexpensive. And not that Bruno is good at what he does in that one, but he's good at making stuff lively. In the case of that one, anyway. Hell of the Living Dead. And here... We don't get that. There, there There's not a lively sense of like... What, it's entertaining, crazy and wacky and it riffs on an no-love film. Is it therefore pretentious and too serious and too in love with itself? I don't know. But it's certainly, as we said, in all all seriousness and to sort of wrap this up, it doesn't make for a compelling murder mystery necessarily. An exciting murder mystery where you go where you gasp ever so slightly somewhere. It really never happens. I mean, someone gets shot in the knee at one point and, you know, it's, you know, they don't even have movie quality style sound effects to convey someone having been shot. You know, it's, it's all, um, it's all very soft theater or whatever. So, Uh, but uh, not a waste of time to log here in our, in our archive, in our podcast Mm -hmm. archive. You know, I try to look for these things, but, uh, but yeah, I have. Two more notes uh, to end this on a funny note. So I'll throw it to you to see if you want to mention anything else before I do those two notes. Any memory, any highlights that you remember from the S and M stuff? Or, uh, <laughs> what's that sort of swing called that that they're in in, in the finale? Do you know that? I
0: assume it's just a sex swing. I don't
1: know. I I try to entrap you right there to see if yeah. you know it. yeah, it's called <laughs> la 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 la. Cool. Sweet insight into your I life no king shaming no king shaming I just just putting it out there that you knew I think like
0: the things about this movie that stick out to me is just really a lot of the memento rip-off stuff there you mentioned it earlier about how like there's the whole sequence throughout memento where we keep going to a phone call that uh guy Pierce is having and it's in black and white and you're not sure where does this fit in in, you know, like in the storyline because...
1: It seems more like a monologue because we don't hear anyone on the other end right. or anything, so... Um, and, and it seems like very vague. Like, like When you see those scenes, it's not like oh, he's talking about what just happened. It seemed very um, right. abstract to a degree, what is... Uh,
0: right. It, it's Sometimes it's a little exposition dump and things like that kind of let you know about his condition, about, uh, what was it, Sammy, the guy that... Uh, his wife was convinced that uh, he didn't really have the disease. You know, a lot of little things like that. So there's that. And then throughout Naked Poison 2, there are, like, these little phone calls. But, like, the first couple really play, like, memento. Like, this is happening outside of the, sequ- the scene that came before it and the scene that comes after. She's sitting there having this phone call with the other person, which, you know, you hear what they're saying or whatever. So it does not as mysterious or anything as Memento. But, you know, just little things like that that kind of caught my attention. Plus, you know, I mentioned there,
1: like, why is this called Naked Poison 2? There must have been enough sort of, excuse to pun, thrust based on the Naked Poison's release, maybe some good critical notices. It is a fun film, as we talked about. It was not like it was this runaway box office thing that just transformed the industry. It was not a Sex and zen. Or you would think like, well, let's riff on that. So lack of imagination, it's certainly hard to read the English title on the title card anyway. Uh, It's like, what is that? I can't see it. So they don't advertise it that heavily, to be honest. I don't know if the Chinese title is the same either. So it might just have been uh, a thing in the late stages when deciding on an English title.
0: There's no poison in this one. And uh, but there is a lot of naked nudity. So. I,
1: I mean, there is Sophie, obviously, uh, as the connecting factor. But, uh, but again, the, right, uh, has nothing the... to do with uh, with the film. Um, okay, um, my my two notes before we wrap this up. I can swear her modern Polaroid camera is about five times bigger than an older Polaroid <laughs> camera. It looks like one of those crime scene cameras. These big crime scene cameras that you see in on CSI or whatever mm-hmm. so and it's not even an, an early digital camera she, she actually do, does take uh, uh, physical Polaroid pictures does come out of her camera her 2002 model maybe that's what uh, what uh, Batman used three thousand dollars <laughs> for to, <laughs> to buy this but it certainly uh, it seems awfully clunky Maybe my memory of Polaroid cameras is wrong, but I my memory is that they were sort of compact. This doesn't seem compact at all. So To carry around uh, in her um, bag or anything. My final thing is, uh, we, we mentioned uh, actor Matthew M playing Kent, getting his five or six uh, sex scenes in this film. He uh, seemed to be an actor that... Uh, was employed for these kind of movies for four years. You know, he made 23 films and judging like a lot of uh, DTV softcore or DTV movies in general, like he didn't uh, branch out into uh, mainstream films. I was amused by the fact and we come back to the fact that Matrix Productions produce films like title-wise. Sounds like a hoot. But they're probably quite boring DTV films. But nevertheless, Matthews Filmography in particular amused me because the titles are amusing like that's how they get you but I know enough about this uh, era that uh, they're probably going to be pretty damn boring even if Charlie show actually appears in one or two of these but uh, some of Matthew's films include uh, so I'm, I'm not going to say each year here but uh, they're made between 2000 and 2004 so Monk Tang Chao Virgin Power. quest of the sex rumble in the women's empire oh beautiful Uh, sexy soccer (laughs) straight to to the selling point sexy soccer obviously to cash in on Shaolin soccer the quest of the sex a holly hole not a holy hole a holly as in the name (laughs) holly hole Uh, secret photo album (laughs) changing my lovely partner (laughs) <laughs> Crazy scum <laughs> colon adult movies, <laughs> like like their sub uh, titles. Yeah. Uh, to to the film, uh, the Beast of Tutor. Okay, there we go again. He was in Tortured Sex Goddess of Ming Goddess of Ming Dynasty, and uh, Poor Ghost, and finally Miss Thirty Eight F.
0: Miss Thirty Eight F.
1: Okay, playing manager. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll assure you Joshua unless I found, find something that like has the rep of like it's shot on video but it's super good and uh, super creative I don't think we're gonna go down the early 2000s DTV route <laughs> we had an excuse now because of yeah. what this movie riffs on and not very well so, uh, so it's in the bag it's in the archive as for availability as with Naked Poison 1 Naked Poison 2 isn't in print and is uh, a bit more uh, difficult to find second hand, but again one eBay seller had a cheap bundle of both films, so hopefully that is still out there uh, so you can get uh, the films uh, that way. So there you go, Naked Poison 1 comes recommended. This one, if it's a cheap bundle, then you'll survive having an extra DVD and uh, do what you will with it. Uh, so that's it. We are going to be back uh, with a new episode uh, tackling some true crime in the future but uh, that requires some research even if it is connected to an immature Wong Jing production. There's still a true crime to be researched that's uh, very well documented. Uh, so we're going to do that next episode but uh, in the meantime for all your podcast on Fire Network needs including the back catalogue of This Week in Sleaze been running for many years and still running and as i always say i'm very grateful for you for still being on board for understanding how i approach these shows the sort of angle that if, if if there is an angle sometimes you can pick randomly but sometimes there is an angle like in this case and i'm very happy joshua that you are on board with it despite your extra busy lives having um having extended your family somewhat recently so yes sir so, thank you, Joshua. Um, so, let's stop the fucking and look for more Christopher Nolan sex ripoffs. I bet they're out there. <laughs> Maybe so. Inception would have been Conception. Conception. <laughs> Conception, there we are. And Dunkirk would have been, uh, I don't know, Dunkock. <laughs> <laughs> you know how porn parodies work. They they put it on Front Street. It doesn't need to be a pun. It just, it just needs to be like Naked something. Uh, n- naked Dunkirk.
0: <laughs> naked Tucker.
1: what the wives were doing while the men were fighting the war and uh maybe we can bring batman out of retirement to produce uh, it uh, i have intimate uh, i have intimate uh, knowledge of christopher nolan so
0: intimate confessions of a dark night
1: mhm there you go but produce it at a shorter uh, length next time, makers. So All right. you're welcome back, Batman, but not at 100 minutes. So, <laughs> but anyway, we're at. This has been Slizzy Kane. With me was the great Lord Joshua Eagle. Thank you, thank you, thank you for enduring, uh, enduring Naked Poison One and Two.
0: <laughs> thank you, as always.